The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with the author of a great new book that provides a practicing physician's inside view on how and why the healthcare system became broken and discusses solutions on how to fix it. We're going to get right to it today. We are joined by Dr. Elena George. Dr. George, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for making time. Before we begin our discussion today, could you take just a little bit and tell the audience about you and your background? I'm originally from New York. I trained at Mount Sinai as a medical student and completed my ear, nose, and throat residency at Manhattan Eye, Ear, and Throat Hospital. I opened my own practice in Atlanta, Georgia in 2001, and I've been on the front line of all the healthcare changes that have happened over the past 20 years. And I love what I do. I've never wanted to do anything else except be a doctor. And I have to tell you, it's been an absolute challenge during the course of my career. I bet, especially in the last 15 or so years when big regulatory has come along. Well, before we jump into that, though, could you take just a few minutes and provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of your new book, Big Medicine, The Cost of Corporate Control, and How Doctors and Patients Working Together Can Rebuild a Better System? I think the best way to describe it is a bird's-eye view from a doctor's perspective. Everybody talks about medicine and healthcare as if they know but they never talk about it from a perspective of someone who does it every day. I practice medicine, I see patients, and I have to be the front line to all the changes of the healthcare system. So I wanted people to understand how we got here. We all know it's broken, but we never talk about who the players are, how it got broken, all the forces that have driven the system, and most importantly, it talks about how you work around it, solutions on how if you don't like the way things are going, what you can do now to work around the problem and fix it and actually get health care that's reasonable and from doctors who actually practice medicine using the Hippocratic Oath. And it's a great perspective and a great book. Let's get started with this question, Dr. George. Why is the current health care system unsustainable and why won't the Affordable Care Act be able to fulfill the original promises? I think the major problem is the third-party insurance model. We've gone from the beginning of medical insurance where it was not used for the first dollar of payment. It was used for big-ticket items, surgeries, radiology, big-moneyed items, not just to walk in the door and see the doctor. We've moved from that model to first-dollar payment covered by the third-party insurance industry. And whoever controls the pocketbook actually controls the power. And we've seen a concerted movement from the power moving from the doctor and the patient making decisions to the third-party administrator. The government is now kicked in in the form of the Affordable Care Act and actually empowered them further. So they're going to charge for administrative fees, for 
running the system, but they actually don't provide any health care. It's, it's the doctor and the patient that should be running the system. And because they have all these administrative fees, regulations, compliance issues, the government is superimposed on it, the whole thing is absolutely expensive and unsustainable. And quite frankly, the Affordable Care Act doubles down on the worst aspects of our health care system. We've talked about that many times on our show. I think we probably can both agree that when people first got in a room and started to put the Affordable Care Act and other programs together, they weren't intending to create what they've created. Uh, you talk a lot about unintended consequences in your book. Mm-hmm. What are some of the unintended consequences of the Affordable Care Act? Well, the fact that the cost shifting has moved from the insurance company to the patient. Yeah. When I opened my practice in 2001 and somebody walked in with an insurance card, it got covered at 100%. They presented the card, it was done. Then it was $10 and it was $20. Now people are walking in having to pay upwards of $10,000 out of pocket before the insurance company kicks in the first dime. So they're getting double dipped. They have to pay a premium. They have to pay an out-of-pocket Before I took our interview this afternoon, I just saw a patient who was upset because he had paid his deductible, and there's another amount of money he has to pay before the insurance will kick in at 100%. So he still has to pay 20% more until another $1,500 are met. So it's like people are getting the rug pulled out from underneath them. Everybody's playing the game. The patient's doing what they're supposed to do. The doctors are doing what they're asked to do, and it's never enough. There's always something else another hoop that we have to jump through. Another one of the big programs of the last 10 years has been the Meaningful Use Program. What are some of the unintended consequences of meaningful use? Well, I think this all goes back to the electronic medical record statement that if we put everybody, all doctors and health information on electronic medical records, we would provide better care, which is actually not coming to pass. There's something called meaningful use, which is under the Medicare guidelines, that doctors have to answer these questions in order to close the electronic chart. But these aren't questions that are necessarily medically necessary. So they're asking people, no matter if you're ENT, a pediatrician, whatever, if the person has a gun in their home, have they ever tried to hurt themselves? How many people live in the home? They're asking pediatricians to ask their parents whether the child thinks he or she is a boy or a girl. I mean, it's a data-gathering mechanism now. It's not about health care. It's about data, big data. Dr. George, in your book, you offer several solutions for reform that doctors and patients can take. But because of my personal situation, where I've gone from paying, as you suggest, less than 10% of my family's health care costs to over 50% in the last seven years, this is the one I want to start with. You've mentioned the problem, but here's the solution. Physicians moving to a free model, for example, direct pay models and subscription-based models. We had a guest recently, Kat Quinn, that talked about the direct primary care model and how that's a growing phenomenon. Tell us more about what your thinking is related to an insurance-free model moving forward as a solution. Well, it's the power of the purse given back to the patient. And that's the key. When you cut the middleman out, the administrator, who's just there to heap on compliance and administrative costs, if you get rid of that that entity, then doctors and patients can actually talk about the real cost of health care. I mean, the problem with the third-party system is that it's arbitrary. You don't know what you're being charged. You don't know what the real costs are. 
And when you actually start talking directly with your doctor, you realize the office visit is plainly written on the Internet. Their fees are clearly outlined. The direct primary care model is become extremely cost efficient. So for a flat fee, anywhere from $65 to about $125 for a family, you're covered for everything that goes on in that office as many times as you need to go to that office. So you actually, in some instances, if you're really ill, you're getting your medical care for pennies on the dollar. And you're working with a doctor who, because you're paying them directly, there's no person or no entity telling them what they can't say to you, what prescriptions they can't write for you. The problem is the system is driven by what you can't have in the insurance system. But when you pay for it yourself, you and your doctor decide what you can have. And the cost of labs are cheaper. The cost of radiology visits are cheaper. It's actually a two-tier system, quite frankly, that's come online. Those that follow the insurance model are paying exorbitant amounts of money, getting less quality care, waiting longer. Those that use independent facilities, independent doctors, are getting a huge discount, and they're getting to see a doctor, and their time is actually spent in the office visit, not doing pre-certs and all the other things that have to go on now. And when you cut the middleman out and you actually distill it down to the doctor and patient, that's where the real value is. And that's where it was, and it's starting to happen again. And I think it's a kind of a weird statement to make, but in my opinion, the Affordable Care Act was probably the best thing that could have happened to medicine because it's forcing doctors to practice the Hippocratic Oath. Those of us who love it are moving back towards it because we realize it's not a game that you can win. And I want to be an advocate for my patient, not an agent of the government. I agree wholeheartedly, and I'm a big supporter of the direct primary care model. Do you think that more and more physicians are going to jump on? Kat told us last week the numbers of physicians practicing were under 1,000 in this model, Mm -hmm. but it's growing like crazy. Do you think that it will continue to grow like crazy, or do you think it will get to a certain point and be a niche? No, I think it's going to continue to grow, and it's going to move outside of primary care to specialty care. I'm an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and I have a subscription based to my practice. So for $65 a month to see me and use that, Peachtree Wellness is what we call it, it covers all ENT services that I offer in my office, from hearing tests to allergy tests, endoscopic scopes, routine office visits. And it's been a really nice addition to my practice because once you, again, get rid of all the ancillary billers and coders and all of their stuff, you can just be a doctor again. And the joy of medicine is back. And for those doctors who haven't sold their practices yet, who are looking to not leave but want to think outside the box, this is actually the avenue that they're choosing. I have orthopedics, doctors who do fee-for-service. There's a surgery center of Oklahoma, which is a surgery center that does actual surgeries that are all incorporated in one fee from the time you walk in to the time you're discharged. It's having an effect, too, because the hospitals in Oklahoma City actually are having to lower their price because surgery center of Oklahoma's prices are online and people are now shopping because they actually know what the cost is. That's the beauty of this and the power of it. You don't have to wait for the Congress to catch up to where we are. We can do it now. And by choosing independent doctors, if people go to aapsonline.org, it's a listing of all doctors like I'm describing across the country who take fee-for-service, direct primary care, bartering, sliding scale, 
and it's a movement that's growing. Outstanding. Another one of the suggested solutions in your book is to allow Medicare and Medicaid access to cheaper drugs from other countries. This seems so obvious to many of us. How could we actually get this done, though? I'm not sure exactly how that's going to get done since a lot of lobby money is up on Capitol Hill. And people need to really understand, and I discuss it at length in the book, you have to know who was in on writing this bill in order to understand where the power lies. Big Pharma was part of this, and they carved out a niche for themselves. It's gotten so crony-driven that even if you have a health savings account, you can't use it to buy supplements. You have to use it to buy brand-name prescription drugs. So in order to break the cycle of this, uh, this power that the Big Pharma has, you really have to go to an independent doctor. I'll give you an example. For the dark primary care doctors who have pharmacies in their office, they're able to access the same distributors that sell to CVS and the big pharmacy chains, but they actually pass along the savings to the patient. They don't jack up the price. So if I tell you that you can buy 500 antibiotic pills, something called Bactrim, for about $7, and you pass it along in your $65 a month subscription to the patient, they don't have to pay 15 or 20 or $30 by going to CVS. That's how you break the system. You literally start moving in a direction where it's parallel and it's offering the better things. And you have people know that and then choose that. You know, Dr. George, I'm biting my tongue with each example you give because I'm going through a healthcare situation with my son. Yesterday we brought him home from surgery. I went to the local pharmacy, the one we use, and mm -hmm. picked up his medication that he needed post-surgery and I brought it home, and my wife looked at the receipt and said, $4.95, they must have done something wrong, $4.95. We've right. been progressively getting used to paying $75, $125. Every time we get a prescription, where, like I was saying, seven years ago, that was $4.95 or $7.50. So mm -hmm. me personally, having gone through this, and I made the change personally of working for a corporation right before all these changes of the last seven or eight years to working for myself, which was kind of compounded the situation. I put myself in a risk pool that was all the uninsured. And then with Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, mm -hmm. you know, my insurance went crazy where my friends that are still at big companies, this hasn't happened as much to them. It has happened, but, Not you yet. know, I've jumped into that risk pool with mm -hmm. all the uninsured and, even though I'm quite healthy, my family's quite healthy, I'm paying for this risk pool that hasn't had insurance for so long. So it's really uncomfortable for me. And having been in healthcare for 25 years, it's also maddening. The sad part is, even though they claim that they're covering a risk pool, I have to tell you on the other side of this, when you actually see these folks coming in with the Affordable Care Act insurance, they don't cover them. So you do the procedure, you get the pre-cert, and then I've gotten letters, three of them, and that's when I stopped seeing the Affordable Care Act folks, not medically necessary, not covered, and, you know, experimental. Uh. Those are three letters that they've done on the back end. So they promised these folks coverage, and they pulled the rug out from underneath them, too. And for those who think that they're getting a freebie with a subsidy, they need to really understand that if they make more money the next year, it gets re reversed. They have to pay it back in their, in their tax returns. So they're not giving you any freebie. This is a loan, and it's a tax, 
And unfortunately, it's actually taking away quality health care from people because no one takes this insurance. And if you do have it, you have to wait longer. You end up in a system that the doctors really are administrators and not giving you frontline care. It's more physician assistant driven. It's more nurse practitioner driven. The book actually goes into detail as to why you're starting to see so many foreign doctors coming into the system and doctors may spend maximum seven minutes with you at this point. The system is not built for health care. It's built for control. Absolutely. That drives me crazy to go sit and wait for an hour in a waiting room to get two minutes mm-hmm. of time and feel like I was asking a lot of a doctor who was in a hurry, rushing in, rushing out. Even though I had 14 questions, I felt their rush, so I only asked my top two or three. That's because the system is built on volume and cost control. And it's not about health or wellness. It's about writing your prescription. And again, it makes sense when you think about who stands to gain. And every aspect of healthcare has become bigger, more consolidated, corporate-driven, and choice and individuality has gone out the window. For the hospitals, I'm not sure what city you live in, but every big city that I've ever seen recently, they have big hospital systems in them. They've removed the community hospitals. They've put the rural hospitals out of business, and now you have to go to big centers where they all are under the same corporate umbrella. Those are not the places that you want to go to if you want to get quality health care in a reasonable price. They're just not built for that. The insurance companies, there were dozens of them. We're now down to five after the passage of Obamacare. And if Blue Cross buys Cigna and Aetna purchases Humana, we'll be down to three. So you're losing choice. They're getting bigger. They're controlling the market, and they're pricing everybody out. The pharmaceutical companies have purchased the generic manufacturers. Luckily, you guys are still in $4 medications, but what I've seen is what used to be $20 for a generic prescription is now 200 for an eardrop that I used to prescribe to a patient. Once they own all of the players, they can jack the price up and you've got nowhere to go. But one of the solutions that I definitely want to talk about in our interview is something called medical cost sharing. And it is the answer to these crazy insurance rates and to your lack of choice. And it actually is written into the letter of the law. So people don't know this, but you can actually get a group of people together It started off in churches, but it's moved beyond that to liberty-minded people who want to share their own expenses and have control. They don't have to follow the insurance guidelines and the mandates. They don't have to have all the regulations. They're just volunteering to pay each other's health care bill. And there's a company called Liberty HealthShare. People go to libertyoncall.org or to my website, drelanagegeorge.com. They can read about it. And it's amazing because it actually is what healthcare should be designed to do. I joined it. I put my office staff on it. I can now afford to cover my office staff healthcare that I couldn't do for years because the insurance rate was so high. The most expensive plan is $199 a month for a single person, $345 for a family of three and above. That particular plan is $500 out of pocket per individual, so either $500 up to $1,500, and it covers you at a million dollars per occurrence per year. You don't have to have a a panel. You can go to any doctor, any hospital you want. And if something bad happens, God forbid, you are covered up to a million dollars. So you actually have catastrophic coverage. It covers you for pharmacy, dental. It covers chiropractic and other alternate versions of care. And that's reasonable. 
And because they're really not making a profit, but it's just members helping each other, they've got the answer to this. Nonprofit doesn't mean nonprofit in the in the corporate world. It means they get to double dip and not pay a tax. But in this world where you're watching your money, you're helping each other pay your bills, you are having a company negotiate a discount ahead of you, that's where the real value is. I love it. And as a doctor, I love it even more because I actually get paid for what I do. Those numbers are amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely going to make sure those are highlighted in our call notes, too, so people can go and check that out for themselves. It's what you don't know that will hurt you. I'm a big fan of independence. If you like the Affordable Care Act, by all means, you should have it. But if you don't like it, you need to understand you don't beholden to it. You don't have to be victimized by it. You have a choice. There are no fines with this system because it's part of the law. You're actually following it. They just never tell you about it because it's a real competitor to the commercial insurance market. Which are racking up record profits quarter after quarter. Oh, well, yeah. So are the hospitals. Yeah. Well, our out-of-pocket has gone up 1,000% in seven years. When they tell you the health care costs have dropped since the passage of the law, what they're not telling you is because people are self-rationing. They're not coming to the doctor. They're not getting the procedure done. They're foregoing the medication that is prescribed because they can't afford it. And they're calling that a win. That's not a win. I agree with you. Dr. George, what have we missed? What will our audience learn from your book, Big Medicine, that we haven't really discussed yet? How you take your power back. Part of the reason that we're in the situation is that we depended on the government to tell us what we should do. And we trusted them. And we thought that everybody has our best interest at heart. Nobody has your best interest at heart except you. But you don't understand the power that you have. I, as a doctor, didn't understand the power that I had until I took it back. I don't want to be, as I said, an agent for the government. In order for me to, to love what I do again, I had to pull my practice away from this. I don't take many insurance plans anymore. I don't take Medicaid, Medicare, Obamacare. I'm an even better doctor now because I chose to honor myself and honor my patients. If people actually start to really believe that once again, that you don't have to wait for someone to help you, but you can do it yourself now, the book provides the resources for you to do your own diligence so you can decide what's best for you and your family instead of hoping it'll get better. It's not going to unless we do it ourselves. I'm just totally riveted. I can't wait to go out and check out Liberty on Call to check out aapsonline.org. Where can people go to learn more and also to purchase a copy of your book, Dr. George? My website, drelanagegeorge.com. That's D-R-E-L-A-I-N-A and George, like the man's name, .com. I've written blogs for the past four years on this subject. So I love what I do. I just want to make sure that everybody has knowledge, and it's really about imparting that. It's not about politics. It's about the individual. They can get all of the links to aapsonline.org, Liberty on Call. So it's basically a one-stop shop. Perfect. Dr. George, you and I are in such synergy. This is the whole goal of my show, is to get information out there that people probably don't know about but need to know about. So I really appreciate you stopping by and sharing this today. Oh, it's an honor to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, and that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Dr. Elena George, I'm Joe Lavelle. And we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. Mm-hmm.